0: Patrick lurched to his right in reaction to the nearby whistling of a mine ball passing his left ear. What those specially designed bullets could do to a human body terrified him. He had been lightly grazed by one just two days earlier, during the opening day of this tremendous battle. The resulting gash on the outside of his left thigh was bad enough, though well bandaged against reopening the wound. The pain throbbing from where the heavy bullet passed was plenty to remind him of the mortal danger they all faced. Corporal Patrick Murphy continued his march toward the low stone wall ahead. Since crossing the rail fence, they were veering more to the left than previously. He suspected the regiment would soon break into the running charge of final assault. Scattered outbursts of their rebel yell could be heard on his left and on his right. Those came from men trying to steady themselves and perhaps rally their comrades. Sweat poured down his forehead. It also flowed freely under his woolen tunic. He imagined the dark stain of it growing across the back of his Eighth Virginia Volunteer Infantry uniform. Another minet sizzled past, again close to his left ear. This time his involuntary flinch caused him to stumble. As he twisted to regain his balance, he caught sight of the red mist exploding from the head of a man in the rank behind him, a man whom he didn't know, now dead on his feet, the corpse dropping to the ground. The Manet ball that had so closely missed Patrick's own head had found its mark in the head of this other. His fear made him sick, as did the sight Despite not knowing the dead man, and despite already seeing so much carnage in this war, his gorge started to rise. Patrick fought against the rising burn of vomit in his throat, the taste of it in his mouth. He could not let the men see him, Wretch, especially not now, when they were so close, and after so many had already died in this hell called Gettysburg. As their corporal he had to keep going forward, leaning from the front. He swallowed hard while telling his legs to keep stepping to the cadence. Ten yards to his right and perhaps ten feet ahead of him was the officer Patrick was guiding on, Lieutenant William Leslie. Like himself, the lieutenant had been promoted just this morning. The regiment had suffered heavy losses in the battles leading up to this one. Newly promoted non-coms and officers had become an all too common occurrence for the men to have much reaction any longer. Stepping off at two o'clock in the afternoon for this frontal attack against the Union lines meant that the troops would be fighting not only enemy soldiers before them, but the worst heat of the day as well. The hot, sticky humidity of this Pennsylvania summer day made the difficult task of charging enemy lines that much harder. The remaining men of the 8th Virginia had their rifles loaded, moving forward with the bayonets fixed. Each man would have one shot to offer against the blue line ahead. After that, they could expect to charge pell-mell into the fray of hand-to-hand combat, using their bayonets to skewer and fight those arrayed against them. Reloading would not be an option for the Confederates reaching and breaching the wall. As they continued to wheel left, climbing the slight incline leading to their objective, Patrick was again grateful to have the lieutenant out ahead of him. Each time a wave of fear sent a shiver through his body, he was tempted to drop to the ground and remain hidden by the tall grass. But with each such temptation he forced himself to glance at Leslie. Lieutenant William Leslie, carrying his sword in his left hand and a revolver in his right, Striding straight into volley after volley of the Union rifles aimed at him. The man must have nerves of iron to walk so tall and proud amidst the thunderous noise and chaos surrounding him. At that moment, the lieutenant spun around to face his men while continuing to march backwards, all the while keeping his pace steady. Leslie raised his sword and shouted in his gentle Virginia drawl, By the half quick, men. Let's send them to hell where they belong. His voice could barely be heard above the din of battle. As he turned back round to again face the enemy, the lieutenant let out his version of the high-pitched rebel battle cry. Patrick and the others picked up the cry which grew in volume as it carried forward.